Thank you, ladies, for leading so beautifully. We'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. For those of you worshiping with us in this place, we welcome you. For those of you worshiping with us on Facebook Live and live stream, thank you for being a part of this special day. We pray that wherever you are in this place or at home, that you might feel the presence of the Lord and know that he is with you and with me. And we pray that you would receive a blessing and draw closer to Christ on this day. But if you're in this place, I'm going to invite you at this time to stand and you can wave at someone or yell at them, say you're glad to see them here today. Could you do that? standing as our worship team continues to lead us in worship.
the praises start. I love you so much, Jesus. Love you so
the praises start. I love you so much, Jesus. Love you so much. I love you, love you, love you. I love you so much, Jesus. Love you so.
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm so thankful that we can worship the Lord today and show Him how much we love Him and and that we can build our lives upon the firm foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray whether you're worshiping in this place or worshiping at home, that you can feel the Holy Spirit, that you can feel His presence. And every week we draw near to Him through a time of prayer. I, I love what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7. He says that we are to ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And when we have a time of prayer, we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking, we're praising, we're thanking God for His faithfulness to us and His love and His mercy and His grace. And my prayer is that throughout this service, you might feel His presence. And if you don't know Christ, that you might come to know Him personally through a prayer that's prayed, a song that's sung, through the word that's proclaimed, that we all might know Christ personally before this service is over. So I'm going to invite you, wherever you are, to join me for prayer. You can stand, you can kneel, however the Holy Spirit leads. Would you join me as we pray together? May we pray. Oh God, thank you. Thank you. There's no one like you. There's no one who is worthy to be praised than Jesus Christ. And oh God, how can we tell you, how can we show you enough how much we love you? And God, we are humbled by your presence today. And Lord, if there would be anything in my heart, anything in our hearts that would hinder our worship today, Oh, God, would you remove it, forgive us, cleanse us, purify us, because you tell us in your word, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And, Father, we want to see you today. We want to experience Jesus in a real, authentic, genuine way. And, Father, this morning we pray for everyone worshiping with us, whether here or at home or wherever they might be. And Father, we just pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our spiritual eyes, open our lives to the leadership of your spirit. And Lord, if there would be one or two or many who have never given their heart and life to Jesus, may today be the day of salvation for someone, for many. Lord, we continue to pray for those in our church family who are grieving. So many have lost loved ones during this pandemic. Comfort them, God. Strengthen them. For those still dealing with the effects of COVID, we pray, God, that you would heal their body, remove symptoms, restore their health, strengthen them, Lord, I pray. And Father, we pray that this virus would end soon and father that you would protect those of us who have not had it and again father just give us your wisdom and direction as we continue to minister through it 
Lord, we continue to pray for our country that you would bring healing, that we would be one nation under God. Father, bless our leaders on the national level, state level, and local level. Father, that they might discern your will and seek your wisdom and guidance as they lead. And Father, just forgive us when we've tried to do things our way instead of your way, because your way is the only way, the best way. And Father, just pray now that your Holy Spirit will just continue to flow through this service. Thank you for the beautiful music that we've already received and worshiped through, and God, continue to bless the musicians as they play and sing, and Father, bless your word, and I pray, God, you would strengthen me and, and help me, God, to be a vessel, an instrument of your peace and love. Speak through me, I pray, oh God, and Father, touch all of our lives with your life-changing, life-saving power through your Holy Spirit. We'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we are trusting you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I want to say a special thank you to Jay Jacobs, who's here leading today as Bill is away, uh, spending time with family and we pray that they have a, a wonderful time together. Appreciated Bill preaching last week, uh, last minute notice as I called him Saturday night and appreciate him doing that and Leighton for doing our prayer time at the altar. Appreciate their service to the Lord and I'm grateful for you being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. And after the reading of God's Word, uh, Jay and our ensemble from the choir are going to be coming to lead us. Thank you all for being here today, and we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. If you have your Bible, join with me reading from Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who has the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, 
but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord.
and thank you all for leading so beautifully and that is a, a great reminder of God's amazing grace. I always like to share a little humor with you and one of our senior adults, one of our snowbirds sent this to me uh, late afternoon yesterday, but they shared that they realized that they had allowed their body to really get out of shape during this season that we're going through. So they went to their doctor and got the doctor's permission to join a fitness center and to begin exercising. And so they uh, signed up for an aerobic class for seniors. And they said they bent and twisted and gyrated and jumped up and down and perspired for an over an hour. But by the time they got their exercise pants on, the class was already over. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> when you hear the word grace, what do you think of? Do you think about the little old lady who lives down the street? Do you think about that pre-meal prayer that we pray before we eat? Do you think about that pastor who's been immoral, who has fallen from grace, or the unpopular politician who falls from grace? When I think about grace, I think about a story that I've shared with many of you before. I can't help but think about when my dad was a principal down in Washington County, and my mom taught there, and we lived in Springfield, and dad was also a minister of music at the time at Lebanon Baptist Church. My mom, the church pianist there in Marion County, and, and I remember, as some of you have heard me share, on a Sunday evening, my dad would tell my brothers and me, if you're good, we'll stop at the dairy freeze as you're going out of Lebanon, and I'll get you a milkshake. And uh, I said at the early service, and I've told you before, kids today, you know, say, I'm going to get you a milkshake. They're like, big deal. I've, I've got my cell phone. You know, I've got my NBA 2K. Who cares about a milkshake? But anyway, it was a big deal then to get a milkshake. And I remember one Sunday night, I guess my brother Tim and I must have gotten into it. No doubt it was Tim's fault, <laughs> I'm sure. But anyway, I'm kidding you. But... We must have gotten into it. My dad looked at us and said, no milkshake tonight. Oh, man, it's like a dagger had gone to my heart. I'm like, oh, my, I can't get a milkshake. And so we started our way back to Springfield, and, and as we were leaving Lebanon, and that little dairy freeze I don't think is there anymore, but it used to be on the left as you're going out of Lebanon. And my heart started pounding, and I'm, I was just, I felt the tears starting to come because I I could just taste it. I even remember what the cup looked like that they were in, one of those plastic with the green around it. But anyway, and then my dad began to break. <laughs> he slowed down, and he pulled in, and he said, boys, I'm going to get you a milkshake anyway, even though you all didn't act very good at church tonight. And that was my first understanding about grace. When you think about grace, we are given something that we don't deserve. I think about the love my dad had for my brothers and me that 
he showed us grace. And I've joked that he wanted a milkshake too, but anyway. But he showed grace to us. And that's how the Father shows grace to you and me. Unmerited, undeserved love that God the Father shows you and me. And today in our scripture, we read about a Pharisee by the name of Simon. And if you remember, the word Pharisee means separated one. There are around 6,000 Pharisees in the whole of Palestine. These were teachers who taught in the synagogue, and they were self-appointed guardians of the law and to make sure that it was properly observed. And there was a dinner taking place at this Pharisee's house. And I pray that through this familiar story to some of you, and maybe new to others, that God would speak to you and me, that the Holy Spirit would move in such a way that we will be changed to become more like Christ. But over the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Rebound. We have been looking at stories in Scripture of folks who seem to be in a helpless and hopeless situation, but then through the divine power of God, he's been able to help them bounce back or to rebound from their seemingly hopeless and helpless situation. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you have felt through this pandemic that you've been in a helpless and hopeless circumstance. It's possible today that because of a past or current sin, you feel like you are in a helpless or hopeless situation. Maybe from a bad decision that you made a long time ago, you are suffering the consequences and you feel like you're in a hopeless situation. Maybe you're here and you have a grieving heart. Maybe you have a broken heart. Maybe you're dealing with some other kind of illness, and as a result, you feel helpless. You feel hopeless. And if that's you today, God has a word for you. God wants to help you and me through the power of his Holy Spirit to rebound and to bounce back to be the best that we can possibly be. But in order for us to do that, through this story, we come to understand we must stop living in the past. We must stop living in the past. It says in verse 37 that a woman was there in that town who lived a sinful life. And when she learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she went there. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life. This sinful lady was believed to have been a prostitute. And everyone in town knew her. Just like everyone in Bayberry knew that Otis was the town drunk, everyone in this town knew who this woman was. She had a past. Don't we all have a past? Don't every single one of us have a past? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have you ever been that person that people have whispered about when you've entered into a room or 
you've gone into the office or you've gone into the classroom or heaven forbid when you've come into church, you've heard the whispers. She's the one who had the affair. He's the one who's been in jail. They're the ones that had to file for bankruptcy. He or she is the one who has the addiction. He's the one who's lost his job. They're going through a divorce. That's the kid with all the problems. We've heard the whispers, haven't we? We've all heard the whispers. And so many times we are held captive by those thoughts and those hurtful words. And I want to tell you today, you cannot allow what people think and say about you to deter you from being the person that God wants you to be. Because you know what? The devil many times will use people to keep us down, to keep us defeated, to keep us discouraged. And you've heard it said through that statement, when the devil, when Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future because he has no future. And we tell Satan, look, you have no control over me and I am not going to listen to the lies. And at some point, this sinful woman had heard Jesus preach and she had come to repentance and desired to get to Christ and to begin a new life. And when I think about some folks in Scripture who understood what it meant to leave an old lifestyle, can't help but think about Paul. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, which the it is Christ's likeness. He said, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. We go on to verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward through Christ Jesus. Now, how could Paul say forgetting what is behind? Do you remember in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst or I am the chief. He understood this former persecutor of Christians, what a vile man he had been, but through the grace and mercy of God, his life had been turned around and he began to walk in newness of life. Also think about in Matthew chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. Remember when Jesus had called Matthew or Levi, the tax collector, to be one of his disciples. He said, come follow me. And do you remember he went to Matthew's house and he began to eat with Matthew and other tax collectors and sinners. And then in verse 11 of of Matthew chapter 9, it says, When the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, How come your teacher eats with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus had already been accused of being a partier by John and some others. 
And then Jesus said in verse 12, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Isn't that a beautiful statement? He said, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. He goes, why don't you all learn what this means? I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And what he meant by learn what this means, that he desired uh, mercy, not sacrifice. These Pharisees would make sacrifices in their worship, but they had no mercy or love toward others. And he said, I desire mercy more than your sacrifice. And maybe you're here today and you need to stop living in your past failures and your past successes. And you need to understand that we must come to Jesus just as we are. You know, years ago, I met with someone who shared with me, just unloaded about all the problems that they were having and all the mistakes they had made and regrets they had in their life. And I listened and I listened and, and they got emotional and they were just pouring out their heart, pouring out their heart. And at the end of their long litany of, of things that they were confessing to me, I said to them as as gracefully as I knew how to say, I said, you know what? You cannot change anything that's happened in your past. You can't change a thing. But I want you to know this, and I've shared this reoccurring theme through this series. I said, God loves you very much, and he forgives you, and he desires to have a relationship with you. And I praise God that this person prayed to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, and I would baptize them a short time after that. But then my heart broke as I got a phone call sharing that this person had taken their own life because they could not get over their past. Even though I reassured them that God loved them and that God had forgiven them, they could not let go of the past, and the devil would not let them forget and, you know, it really breaks my heart when there are people that keep reminding you or reminding me of past mistakes. Christians should not do that. Christians should build one another up, not put one another down. We should say we believe in you and not tear them down saying, I can't believe you did this and you were this kind of person. This woman came out of a genuine love in her heart, and she wanted to leave that past lifestyle, that lifestyle of prostitution. She wanted to have a, a fresh start in her life. So not only should we stop living in the past, but today we need to seize the moment or seize the day. If you would read on in, in verse 37, it said that she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, this long-necked globular bottle of anointed fragrance or an ointment, a perfumed ointment. And then it says in, in verse 38 that as she stood behind Jesus, she began to weep. Why was she weeping? These were tears of repentance, tears of gratitude, tears of joy. And as she stood behind the feet of Jesus, she began to wet 
his feet with her tears, and then she began to wipe them with her hair. When a woman in that time had unbound hair, that was a symbol that she was a loose woman. And as she began to dry his feet with her hair, then she began to kiss his feet and poured that expensive perfume, that alabaster jar perfume that hung around her neck was a tool of her trade. And so I often wondered before studying this passage, how was she standing behind Jesus at his feet when he was reclining at the table? And I don't know how any other way to show you, to tell you, but to show you, and I did this at the early service. So this was a low-lying table that was in a courtyard. Well-to-do houses in this time in Palestine were built with a courtyard. And so people would gather at a table and recline with their elbow on the table. This is one time where you could have your elbow on the table. I had somebody after the service say, I'm glad my kid wasn't in there. We tried to tell him to keep his elbows off the table. But anyway, they had their elbow on the table with their feet out behind them. So as Jesus was reclining at the table in this open courtyard, all kinds of people could come up and hear pearls of wisdom from a rabbi or a teacher, even if they were not an invited guest. So when Jesus was reclining at the table, elbow on this low-setting table on a couch close to the ground, she came up behind him where his feet were, and she began to cry again. Just these tears were flowing, and it so wet Jesus' feet and she began to wipe them with her hair and just began to kiss his feet and then to pour that expensive perfume. It's a beautiful picture. She didn't care what anyone else thought. Had she worried about what people thought, she never would have done it. How many of us have been paralyzed because we're worried about what someone else is going to think when really they probably don't care. And yet many times we miss opportunities to step out on faith because we're so scared of what someone else is going to think about us. Are they some kind of Jesus freak or or what's wrong with them? The change I've seen in them? They don't go out drinking with us at happy hour anymore. They don't go party with us. They don't tell the dirty jokes. They don't watch the dirty movies. They don't, what's wrong with them? Why have they changed so much? And then she took advantage. She seized the much. She knew Jesus, learned he was there. I've got to get to him. He doesn't know how he's changed my life. I heard him preach. I heard his message of love. I just, if I could just get there and let him know how grateful I am for what he's done for me. I think about a couple of stories I've shared in recent weeks where they seized the moment. Blind Bartimaeus in Luke chapter 18 when he cried out in verse 38, when Jesus was approaching Jericho, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd said, shh, quiet, man. They rebuked him. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, even in that crowd of people, saw the man 
And he said, what is it you want? He said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Nothing about in the very next chapter, Luke chapter 19, when we read about in verses 1 and following of Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and a very wealthy man. And when Jesus had entered Jericho, he learned that Jesus was going to be there. And so being a short man, he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up in a sycamore fig tree just so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he was passing by. And when Jesus passed by, he saw him in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down out of that tree. I've got to go to your house today. And we know in verse 9 that Zacchaeus and his whole house was saved. And in verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that who is lost. Have you missed opportunities in your life where Jesus was prompting you through the Holy Spirit to do something. It put you out of your comfort zone. This woman didn't care what everyone else thought. I've got to get to Jesus. Bartimaeus didn't care that people were saying, be quiet, man. I've got to get to Jesus. Zacchaeus was hated by everyone because he was the chief tax collector, but he didn't care. I'm going to climb up in this tree, even though I look foolish, just to get a glimpse of Jesus. And all of their lives were radically transformed and changed because they didn't worry about what people thought. They wanted what religion couldn't give them. They wanted a relationship with Christ. And I pray today you would desire a relationship with Christ and that we would not miss the opportunity to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Also think about years ago where someone had come to me again, in a very difficult circumstance, in a very uh, difficult situation, and they began to pour out their heart. This is what's going on in my life. This is what people are saying. This is what actually happened. And, and do you think I need to go before the church and tell everybody? And I said, no. You've, you've confessed to me. You've uh, told a couple of others. We've prayed for you. There's no need for you to have to go in front of the church. Wouldn't you know, at the close of one of our services, when I offered an invitation, I saw this person come down the aisle crying uncontrollably, moved by the Spirit of God, and, and they said they want to address the church. It's always a little nervous for a pastor when somebody comes up and says, I want to address the church. It's scary, one, when you don't know what they're going to say. It's scary, two, when you know what they're going to say and you're worried about it. But I felt that it was genuine, and he got up there, and again, my humanness is, while they were talking, I'm like, oh, we've got some first-time visitors here and guests, and what are they going to think? What, are they gonna, what kind of church do they think we have? And what, what is this going on? You know, my humanness. And they began to share their story. And afterward, I couldn't be more proud of a church because you know what our church did? Our church did not judge this person. They embraced them. 
and pledge their love and prayers and support. And I couldn't have been more proud that that's how they responded. This person spontaneously felt led of the Lord by the prompting of the Holy Spirit to come and share some of their story. And the church responded with love and with grace. I pray that will always be our response when someone has fallen, when someone has sinned, when someone has done something that's not desiring to God, that we would respond, not react in anger, but we would respond in love. In this story, we learn that we must stop living in the past. We must seize the moment. And lastly, we must start living a new life. Start living a new life. It's funny that after this woman had stood at the feet of Jesus, weeping, wetting his feet with her tears, and then wiping them with her hair and kissing his feet and, and pouring that expensive perfume on his feet, that in verse 39, the Pharisee who had invited Jesus thought to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Get this. I think this is comical again. He thought to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know. And then Jesus turned to Simon. He said, Simon, I have something to tell you. He said, there were two people that owed a certain money lender money. One owed the money lender 500 denarii, the other 50 denarii. And he said, neither one of them had the money to pay them back. So he canceled, forgave the debts of both. Now, who do you think will love him more? And Simon said, uh, I guess the one who had the larger, bigger debt forgiven. He said, you judge correctly. And then Jesus looked at the woman while talking to Simon. He said, see this woman? <laughs> he said, when I came into your house, you did not give me water for my feet, yet she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not kiss me, but she has not stopped kissing my feet since I entered in here. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she instead anointed my feet, poured perfume on my feet. You see, those were common amenities, proper courtesy to a guest, that there would be water in a basin to clean their feet, that there would be a, a gesture of kindness to place a kiss on their cheek and to pour uh, some type of perfume or oil or incense or, or adder from a rose on their head, said, you didn't do any of that. Now, who's the real sinner in this story? Jesus was calling him out. This was a religious man. He knew temple worship. He knew liturgy. He, he knew uh, theology. He knew the law. But he didn't know Jesus, and he didn't know that he was a sinner. 
But here was a woman who knew that she was a sinner, and she came out of a grateful heart and fell at the feet of Jesus and began to show her love and gratitude for everything Jesus had done for her. And maybe you're here today and you're wanting to start a new life. It's not too late. It wasn't too late for this woman. It's not too late for you to start a new life in Christ. 1 John 1, 9, which we often use, says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul said in Galatians 2, 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but it is Christ Jesus who now lives in me. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the newness of life we have in Christ? The old has gone, the new has come. This is how I used to be, this is how I am, and how I'm going to continue to live from this day forward. I want to close by sharing a story with you. Yesterday, my wife Kelly shared a video with me um, that's going to be shown at the Devoted Women's Conference. Believe it or not, the Devoted Women's Conference is going to be on March the 6th. Ladies, if you haven't signed up, you can go uh, to our church website or go to the Devoted Women's Conference website. Sign up. It's called Devoted and Driven this year. And there's some wonderful speakers. And uh, you can have a watch party at your home. I think there are over 250 or so already signed up. And you can sign up. It's free. And you will be blessed. Each day when I pray, I, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will move, even though it's all virtual online this year, not in person. It was, remember last year, was the week right after the devoted conference that everything shut down from this crazy pandemic. But Kelly showed me this video of a, a lady named Janie Lewis. And as I watched some of her story, Kelly's sister-in-law, Rachel, is interviewing her. And uh, Janie shared some of her story uh, that she, get this, she and her family would go to church every Sunday, but she said we had no relationship with Jesus Christ. That's like Pharisees who were in the temple synagogue every Sunday, but they didn't have a relationship with Christ. She said, we were in church every Sunday, but we didn't have a relationship with Christ. And she said, to rebel against my parents, I started getting mixed up with the wrong people. And she said, I got married at 16. And then she said, my husband would be in, he would be out, he would be there for a while. She had a child, and then eventually he was gone. She said, I was a single mom, had bills piled up. How was I going to pay? And then a friend said, I got a suggestion to you. It's a way to make easy money. And she told her about the adult entertainment industry. 
that if she could dance, she would make a boatload of money. And so she got into the adult entertainment industry, and not only in one club, but two clubs, and she said she had to get high every day in order to go out there and perform. She said she, she couldn't do it unless she was high because it was, made her feel so bad and so unworthy and worthless. So she continued to do that, and eventually she was able to put herself through school, and God began to work on her life. Then she felt led of the Lord several years ago to start a ministry, to minister to others who were in the adult entertainment industry. And so she, along with some others, would take food to the clubs for these dancers. And then she would take clothes and take toiletries. And these other entertainers and dancers would say, I don't understand why you're being so nice. Why are you doing all of this? And she said, because of one word, grace. Because of God's grace and love he has shown me, I want you to know that God loves you and he has a better plan for your life. Well, after a while in 2012, there was a, not only an entertainer, but she became a streetwalker, a prostitute on the street. This young lady was murdered on the streets of Lexington. Her name was Natalie. And a police officer came to Janie and said, one of your sisters, those in the business, one of your sisters has been killed, Natalie. So they formed a ministry, Natalie's Sisters. And not only do they minister to women in the adult entertainment industry and clubs, but they also minister to those women who are walking the streets, sharing the love of Christ by giving them food and by giving them clothes and giving them some of those simple things like toiletries, and they're sharing the love of Jesus Christ, and they even have a sinner there. And this year, all of the proceeds from the T-shirts and shirts that are sold at the conference are all going toward Natalie's sister's ministry to help these women get out the street and out of the business, that they know there's another way. I just thought about this woman in this story. I thought about Janie in this story. I think about all of our lives. We may not be in the same line of work or profession, but we all are in need of this one word, grace. We all need God's grace. And Jesus said to the woman, or said as he was talking to Simon while looking at the woman, he said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as shown by her great love. Talking about the pouring of the perfume on his feet and kissing them. And, and he said, for whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And then he said in verse 
48, as he turned to the woman, woman, your sins are forgiven. And then people said in verse 49, who is this that he even forgives sins? And then Jesus said to the woman, go in peace, your faith has saved you. It's a beautiful story. And we all need God's grace, all of us. And unless you've confessed your sin and admitted your need of it, you're never going to understand what it means to show grace and forgive others. If you think you don't need it, then you're not going to show it. But if you've received it, you can't help but tell and show someone else of the mercy and grace and love God has shown us. Today, you can have it. It's free. And all you have to do is follow the Spirit's lead and come to him and say, Jesus, I'm not worried about what anyone else thinks. I'm not worried about what people are going to do. I just want to get to you any way I can. I'm coming to you. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've become like a Pharisee, judgmental and holier than thou. Today, we don't need to be holier than thou. We need to be holy to be set apart, to be different. Maybe you've been looking for a church home. I love, I say it all the time, this is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting, not a club for the righteous. For Jesus, he said, did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, which were all in need of his grace. However the Holy Spirit leads, I'm going to ask you to come in just a moment as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks in this place or people watching today, and Lord, maybe they're saying, He's talking to me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to people right now. We're all in need of this one word, grace. Lord, I pray if someone has never received you into their heart as their Lord and Savior, that they would confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, repent from the old way, and start walking in newness of life. And they would receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Even now, they can pray in their own words. Lord, maybe there's a Christian that's gotten off track, and, and we've become judgmental and holier than thou, and we don't even see the plank in our own eye because we've been looking at the speck of sawdust in everyone else's eyes. May we recommit our life to be all you would have us to be. Lord, maybe there's someone looking for a place to call home where they'll be loved and accepted, be embraced like our church family has done so beautifully through the years to so many. Oh, God, just take our lives and lead us right now. We'll give you all the praise and the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. You can make a commitment at home. Contact us. It would be our privilege, our joy to speak with you, pray with you about your decision. Don't miss this moment. Don't let this moment pass you by. Come to Jesus as we sing.
Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be here. Thank you for watching online. We pray that the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Don't forget that if you're on our email list, you'll be receiving discussion questions that you can discuss with your family or friends, uh, talking more about the message today and how God spoke to you. Don't forget to join us virtually on Wednesday at 6 we're continuing to do our best to keep you safe uh, with each day, with each week. We're praying that before long we'll be able to get back to more normal times. But thank you for your patience, your prayers, your understanding. Thank you for your prayers for my son. I, many of you have already asked. Isaiah's on the upswing uh, after battling COVID. And praise the Lord, now it's just getting his smell and taste back. But he was a sick puppy this past week, and we give praise to God that he's better and that Kelly and the girls and I all tested negative, and it's just through God's grace that we did not get it, but uh, we're so thankful, and I appreciate um, your prayers and many of your reaching out to us and continue to pray for one another that God will keep us all safe, and again, Thank you, Jay, for being here today and leading. And Jay's going to close us in a song. Don't forget how much God loves you and that I love you too as we sing this closing song. Bless be the tie that binds Yeah.